0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, May 21st, and this is your FT News Briefing. Pain in the retail industry is spreading to the mortgage-backed bond market. Plus, the coronavirus crisis is forcing many companies to diversify their supply chains, and India's pharma and chemicals groups are looking to get in on the potential business. But first, the director of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is warning of another possible coronavirus flare-up later this year. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. To avoid another public health crisis, the U.S. is going to have to rapidly ramp up its disease-tracking capabilities in the next few months. That's the warning from the head of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, Dr. Robert Redfield. He spoke to our coronavirus correspondent, David Crowe, yesterday. Dr. Redfield also said he's not ruling out the possibility of the U.S. having to lock down the economy again. Here's David.
1: There is a possibility that the U.S. might have to lock down the economy again. If a number of things happen, first, um, the coronavirus comes back in, in the autumn and winter, and he sounded pretty certain that that was going to happen. And so if social distancing and mitigation strategies that the CDC is trying to put in place fail, then he said he couldn't guarantee that there wouldn't be another lockdown.
0: So he's not saying outright this will happen, but there is a possibility of it happening.
1: Is that right? Exactly. I mean, none of us know, right? I mean, he said he was confident and hopeful and optimistic that the CDC guidelines on how we should all lead our lives over the next few months would be sufficient to prevent another lockdown. But he said he couldn't guarantee that. He said that would get into the realm of opinion and that he doesn't have the data to back that up right now.
0: Yeah, you know, he's come out and he's given warnings before earlier this year, how is this, what he said yesterday to you, different than what he said in previous statements?
1: Well I think the thing that has changed uh, significantly is that the coronavirus is raging in the southern hemisphere in countries like Brazil and that in a way is was one of the worst fears of public health experts because then what they predict will happen is it will follow the path of flu so it will go south for our summer but then come back with a vengeance in the winter and so that means that Dr. Redfield and and many other public health experts are fully expecting a return of the coronavirus in the autumn winter period. Um, And it just makes it all the more important that the CDC guidelines that, that they've laid out on how we should socially distance how workplaces should get back to work and so on are followed. He said, if they're not, he can't guarantee that there won't be this lockdown.
0: And David, the big question on everyone's mind in the U.S. and in other countries is, is really how to manage the health of the economy with the health of the public. Did Dr. Redfield have any guidance on how to strike this balance?
1: So Dr. Redfield was very careful not to get involved in this quite rancorous debate about the speed at which states are reopening. And he's kind of putting all his chips now on the CDC's guidelines. You know, there was a coded warning there that if you do not do the things that the CDC is asking of you, then we run the risk of of another lockdown. And there were a couple of specific pieces of advice, a bit of a warning shot to the airlines, for instance, many reports of planes being full as capacity has been taken out um, and more and more people are now sort of gingerly returning to flying. Some of the flights are full. He said the middle place of an airplane, if you've got two people either side of you, is not a very good place to be. He also said he wouldn't recommend that anybody go on holiday on a cruise ship this year. So he was kind of trying to guide Americans to kind of behave responsibly. He almost sort of said it was in their hands.
0: Meanwhile, lockdowns have created new pain points for the U.S. retail industry. Take the Mall of America. It's a 2 million square foot complex in Bloomington, Minnesota. It's a colossal space that holds, ready for this, more than 500 stores, an aquarium, and mini golf courses. Yes, plural, courses. The mall closed its doors in March because of coronavirus concerns. It's planning to reopen in June. But the Financial Times reviewed documents prepared by Wells Fargo that showed that the owner of this mall, America's biggest, missed mortgage payments in April and May. Wells Fargo is the servicer overseeing the $1.4 billion mortgage. But the issue doesn't end there. The mortgage, like many other mall and hotel property loans, also underpins a deal in the $500 billion market for commercial mortgage-backed securities, or CMBS. CMBS deals slice loans into bonds with varying levels of risk. And so the hardships felt by property owners also move through the portfolios of pension funds, hedge funds, and other investors around the world. More than one in five loans bundled into these U.S. deals are now on watch lists kept by mortgage servicing companies. That's up almost 80% since February. As one portfolio manager told the FT, delinquencies on these commercial mortgages are expected to stay high until consumers have the confidence to go out again. And India's economy is forecast to shrink by 5% this year. And with relatively limited support from the government, many export businesses will struggle to cope with the demand shock from the pandemic. But one sector looks to survive, or even thrive, Chemicals and pharmaceutical groups are faring better than others as companies try to diversify their supply chains away from China. Chinese manufacturing was, of course, hit by the efforts to combat coronavirus earlier this year. Our senior producer, Fiona Simon, spoke to the FT's South Asia correspondent, Stephanie Finley, about how Indian companies are putting themselves in a position to be the alternative.
2: So I've been covering the coronavirus fallout on the pharma sector in India, but then it started emerging that instead of being hit that they were starting to prosper because not only were they starting to supply drugs, but they were receiving increased orders as everybody kind of woke up and said, whoa, we (laughs) were too dependent on China. So they are first in line in India to benefit from supply diversification away from China.
3: So Stephanie, India is already well known as a hub for generic medicines but it's been reliant on China for 70% of the active pharmaceutical ingredients that it requires. What did the companies you spoke to tell you about their aspirations to start to produce more of these ingredients themselves?
2: So basically, in talking to these companies, they all of a sudden realized that they had a massive problem when China decided to shut down as a result of coronavirus All of a sudden, they didn't have supplies. Then the prices of those materials started rising, and it made them really rethink their dependence on China. So companies I was speaking to were talking about how they wanted to produce more of those ingredients in-house, which would reduce their reliance on China and possibly open up new opportunities as clients look to buy those ingredients from them. And are they
3: in a position to be able to do that?
2: They are in a position, but it will take investment on their part and it will obviously take some time. China has developed this pharma capacity over a long period. They have size on their side and are producing right now at much cheaper rates. So uh, Indian companies, if they're looking to do this, it will require a lot of investment and it will take some time. This is not something that's going to change overnight.
3: So you spoke to a number of chemical companies too about their aspiration to become the next hub for specialty chemicals, a market worth $750 billion globally. Can you tell us about this and how it's related to the pharmaceutical industry?
2: Um, Well, the chemicals industry have about 3% of the global market share, according to analysts, but they still have an opportunity to benefit if Companies want to move out of China because of India's cheap labor force. A chief executive I spoke to of Vinati Organics. She said that uh, orders for an ingredient that goes into the painkiller ibuprofen had surged by 25% and that she is getting increasing interest from companies who want to move to India. So there is definitely interest there. But again, she cautioned that the right incentives have to be in place for the sector to grow because at the moment, China is the dominant player and it is able to offer cut rate prices. And is the government supporting these sectors? The government has recognized that there's an opportunity. In March, it announced a over billion dollar incentives package for the local production of drugs. And it also launched a plan to set up um, industrial drug parks, which is sort of the model that China has used, setting up big centers where a bunch of companies can cluster and produce more efficiently. However, in order to get this right, it's not only the companies that need to invest in their capacity, but it's also the government that has to keep on offering competitive incentives so that companies will make the shift.
0: You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.